Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Media Podcast Network. Well, hello there, everybody, and welcome to a brand new edition of On to the Next One after a week away from UFC action, the matchmaking crowns. Are back on the heads following UFC Vegas 74, another event at the hallowed apex, one that we'll probably be talking about for card of the year. Mick Maynard's streak of incredible fight cards apparently continues on. We had a main event that was very interesting and one that got some folks all fired up due to who won the fight and how he won the fight. All of that and more to discuss from a matchmaking perspective this week. But thank you for joining us. I am Mike Heck, and joining me as always, the co-host, the co-matchmaker, the prince of positivity, the co-host of Tough Hang, and my best friend, I don't care what Connor Burke says, Alexander K. Lee. Hello, AK. How are you? My best friend. Great to be with you as always. I'm in a spectacular mood. Uh, the fa- the people at home won't be able to see this. People listening in, in podcast landia won't be able to see this. I'm proudly wearing my Celtic hoops to uh, celebrate them completing the treble. On Saturday, winning the Scottish Cup over a, a valiant effort from uh, Inverness Caledonian Thistle. Uh, but uh, yes, five trophies in the past two seasons for uh, Celtic. Thank you, Ange Postacoglu. Thank you for everything. Uh, I'm very happy. It's been a great. It's been a great weekend already. I uh, didn't catch most of the UFC card again. I was just sort of out and about yesterday and just doing things and uh, taking a little break. With all due respect to Mick Maynard, again his spectacular matchmaking and, and this this loaded card. Uh, you know, I just I just didn't watch all of it. I did watch the main event, which we can get into soon. Um, but I, and I actually had kind of a good time making matches. I obviously saw some of the highlights. Some of the results were were fairly predictable. Um, but sorry, I've, I've just got distracted by something off off screen. Um, but yeah, I, I, I it sounds like uh, Mike. I didn't miss too much. Uh, there's certain highlights I also wanted to skip. Uh, to talk about Karina Silva again. We'll get into that later. But um, yes, sounds like a wasn't wasn't a barn burner. It was not a barn burner. There were some cool things, but look, I don't mind. At the end of the day, I don't mind cards like this, but you have to do like 10 fights. You can't do 13. 
it's just too much. By like the the the, the prelim started at six p.m. Eastern. By like eight forty-five, I felt like I was watching fights for ten hours, <laughs> and like we still had. And I, and all I'm thinking to myself is, we still have seven fights to go. There's still another prelim left, and then there's six main card fights, and I was just slowly getting chipped away as the night progressed. Now, luckily, we got some nasty finishes. We had a nasty submission. We had a 23-second knockout from Jim Miller. Alex Caceres and um, Daniel Pineda beat the hell out of each other, and that was a lot of fun. The main event at least is going to give us something to talk about, and we might as well just get into it now, AK. Amir Albazi gets the biggest win of his career, wins a split decision against Kai Kara France, and there's like three people on earth that I've seen that actually scored the bout for Amir Albazi. Pretty much everybody across the board scored this for Kai Kara France. I scored it 48-47. I said throughout the fight, I would not be surprised if a judge gave Kai Kara France four rounds. And then I rewatched it again this morning. And on the rewatch, I scored it four rounds to one for Kai Kara France. Now, to be fair, a lot, three of those rounds were close. The first three rounds are close. Four and five were about as, or I'm sorry, three, four, and five were as clear as can be. Third round was clearly Amir Albazi. Four and five were unquestionably Kaikar France. Yet one judge scored round four for Kaikar France, which cost him the fight. I don't, I just don't know which world that Kaikar France did not win that fourth round. One and two I, were very close. Let me say, I actually think you could score round three for Car France. Oh, interesting. I do. I, don't, I do. I, That's, I I, I, yeah. yeah. Okay. That that said, that said, I uh, if I I also had it for Car France, but I would give Albazi for me it was Albazi one and two, Car France three four five, and I'm with you four and five pretty clearly Car France. I was trying to again. I had the benefit of by the way. I should tell people I didn't watch it live. I watched it today, so I was aware of the controversy. So there was some bias because I'm looking I'm, at this point. I'm looking for specific things, right? I'm like, okay, well, I know people said uh, four and five were clear car car France rounds. So when I watched, it, I'm like, okay, I'm looking more for Albazi stuff just to see like how it might have gone the other way. And so so with, this was me biased towards Albazi rounds four and five. And I still I'm not 100 percent sure how you could give um, either of those rounds to Albazi. Uh, one of the judges did, right? Um, what do we have here? We had. One was, oh uh, 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 Chris Lee Chris Lee gave round four to Albazi my cousin well my my brother actually is my brother Chris Lee uh, yeah that's a weird one that's a weird one that one I found really tough to justify I would actually be okay with round three Car France just because it's not I don't, I don't it's not that he stole it it's that as I was watching I, I didn't know how that round played out I, I I until I until I actually watched it um. So Albazi obviously has back control for a huge portion of that fight. And I'm like, oh, this is clear Albazi round. And then Car France reverses and then starts throwing down some some pretty good elbows. Uh, nothing nothing like super damaging. I know Bisping was like Bisping was like um he thought one of them would split him open, which we know isn't true at the end. Like he took maybe a, a bruise from it, but he wasn't busted open. But I thought those elbows were were pretty effective and pretty damaging. Uh and, and I, I get Albazi also had a pretty uh, effective rear naked choke submission attempt, but I think for me the damage that uh, Car France did was more uh, important on my scorecard. But of course, you could give that round to Albazi again, a lot of back control, so I have no problem with that. And then rounds one and two just really, really, really close. So, um, but yeah, four and five, pretty sure should have gone to to KKF. 
Yeah, I get the watching it live. I gave the first round to Albazi, round two to Kaikar France, three to Albazi. I had Albazi up 29 28 heading into the fourth round. But again, I wouldn't have been shocked if judges scored at 29 28 for Kaikar France. And then four and five were clear. So, and then I watched again this morning, and the first round was the one I wasn't really sure about. And I thought Kaikar France won that first round, rewatching it, as did the other judges, but none of the judges agreed that Kaikar France won the second round. So, yeah, I had just a I, weird fight. Round two was the clearest Albazi round for me. Actually, like I actually had two pretty clear for Albazi, um, but again, I did watch it this morning with the, you know just with the not doing anything else. And uh, but it's it's a very close fight. So I will tell people I'm I guess I've spoiled it already. But if people want to see the, more of the rationale behind it, probably am going to have a robbery review ready for Monday. And uh, you know, again, if people can agree with me, disagree with me. I don't think. I don't know how much controversy. I, I'm, I know online there's a reaction, but I, I know this wasn't the most watched fight card. So um, I was surprised no one tagged me. Usually I get tagged, I think, as recently as a couple of cards ago. I, I can't remember. Um, there was a fight people wanted me to uh, to do a robbery review for, and I wasn't very convinced. But this one, th- there's enough controversy, and I do need to watch it again. So this was only my – I literally just watched it for the first time um, maybe an hour before we started recording the show. And yeah, I was mostly fine with the result other than that round four scorecard for Chris Lee. But maybe when I watch it again, slow it down, really break down some of the exchanges, um, I'll understand uh, you know more why there's a bit more of an outrage. But uh, yeah, cl- close fight. Not surprised people are upset about it. I'll be very interested to to read this robbery review. And look, it's it, we talked about this on the post fight show because you can you, there is a case to be made that Amir Albazi won the first three rounds. You you can make sure. that case. Sure. And had Chris Lee scored the fight that way, I don't think we're having this conversation right now. Mm-hmm. I think if Chris Lee scored the scored it like Saudi Amato did, we're not having this conversation right now. It's the fact that this is Cejudo Sterling all over again. This is <laughs> my was it Mike Bell? I, I don't know. It's Derek Cleary. Derek Cleary scoring the fifth round for Aljamain Sterling when Henry Cejudo clearly won the fifth. It was the clearest round of the fight, and it cost. I mean, the right guy won, so it's it's a little different. But Henry Cejudo would be the flyweight champion of the world if that judge just actually scored that fifth round the way it was supposed to be scored, which is just a weird, wild world to think about. But, yeah, that's just how this all works. So Yeah, Sal Diamato has the correct Albazi scorecard. If you're going to score the fight for Albazi, it has to be 1-2-3 Albazi. Yeah. I, I, just can't, I just can't see him getting 4 or 5. But, again, I'll watch it again. Maybe, maybe that'll change too. Well, no matter how you, whether you scored a robbery or not, Amir Abazi is going to win this fight, is going down in the books as a victory. He is undefeated in the UFC. He said heading in, if I win, I get the next title shot. And he called for that as soon as he got the victory. Even though very few people agree that he won the fight, he said, Brandon Moreno, Alexander Pantoja, whoever wins, let's do it in Abu Dhabi. Do you think that's what's going to happen? What is your matchmaking crystal ball telling you for Amir, Amir Albazi after this win. Yeah, I said going into the fight, Albazi still one win away. I still believe that. I'm sure most people believe that too. Again, and, and let's be clear, it was not a bad performance by Albazi. That, this, this is why I hate, this is I think one reason why I hate robbery talk so much is that when the quote unquote wrong fighter gets the win, suddenly like everything they did gets discounted. This this is this is most common, uh, most uh, popularly seen in the Sean O'Malley, Piotr Jan fight, where if you, some, some people who are looking back on it are like, oh, uh, Sean O'Malley got killed in that fight, and, which is completely untrue, and that fight was awesome, but because the split went didn't go the way that a lot of people thought it should have gone, 
suddenly everything Sean O'Malley did is just erased. And I think that's happening to Albazi too. I already was just like, oh, well, Cara France like, out just schooled him for whatever, four out of five rounds. And I'm like, not really. Like, I don't I don't think that's the case. So I, I think Albazi is a worthy title challenger, just not yet. There's still work to be done. And again, I said this before this split, this, uh, you know, controversial split. So, Mike, listen, it's it, it might be Amir's year. But it's also someone else's year, I think. <laughs> it can only be one. Listen, it's year, it think. can only be one person's year, and I think they have to fight over it. It's the year of the Brandon Royval, as people call it, and I think him and Albazi need to fight next. So, really, I I don't see why that fight can't happen. If I'm Royval, I didn't see his social media. I'm not sure if he called for it, but he should be jumping all over wine to get that fight. And then the winner of that for sure has done enough to uh, turn a title shot. Brandon Royval was basically tweeting throughout the fight, like. I think it was like three and a half minutes in, and he was like, he's watching Albazi perform, and he's like, I already knocked this guy down three times and finished him, so I'm getting the next title shot. Like when I fought Kaikara France. That fight was absolutely insane. Here's the thing. If we were living in a just a usual UFC world where like everything is domestic and the cards are taking place like in Vegas and all over the United States... Brand Royval is getting the winner of the main event or the co-main event at UFC 290. Brand Royval, the way Dana talked about him and put him over, everything about it, he's going to be the backup for the title fight. Apparently, Brand Royval is getting the title shot. Like that's how it would be if 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 we're just talking about just a regular old UFC schedule. Damon made a great point on the post-fight show. The UFC is going to Abu Dhabi. And Amir Albazi will be treated like an absolute superstar if he fights on that card. So I am not going to rule out that his next fight could be for the belt. So what I landed on is Amir Albazi versus Alexander Pantoja, win or lose against Brandon Moreno. If Brandon Moreno wins, he is not fighting Amir Albazi. That is... That is a fact. That is 100% not going to happen next. Brandon Moreno will probably fight Brandon Royval. And Brandon Moreno is certainly not fighting in Abu Dhabi. Not going to happen, especially on three months notice. No chance. However, if Alexander Pantoja wins, they're going to give Brandon Moreno another title fight. But again, Brandon Moreno is not going to turn around in three months. But the UFC would absolutely give Pantoja the old the old nudge-nudge to head over to Abu Dhabi and defend that title against Amir Albazi, make the fans over there happy, the Abu Dhabi folks, the people that are paying the UFC millions and millions and millions of dollars to go there and host cards every year. That's a fight that they would probably want to have in their arena as well. So win or lose, I'm going Albazi versus Pantoja. If Brandon Moreno wins... Brandon Moreno will fight Brandon Royval for the belt. Albazi will fight Pantoja. And a, if you win this fight, you get a title shot no matter what kind of a situation. But that's what I think is going to happen. If Pantoja wins the belt, he'll defend against Albazi. He'll have to turn around quick to do it. The UFC will Aljamain Sterling Pantoja into fighting Amir Albazi in Abu Dhabi. That's what I think is going to happen. Some pieces got to fall. Some pieces got to fall. Yes. Sounds right. So let's go to the co-main event. Bruce Leroy... Alex Caceres defeats Daniel Pineda. I thought Bruce Leroy is going to get his arm snapped off, but the man is just a freak of nature. Said He even said in his post-fight scrum that the arm bar didn't even feel like tight. He wasn't even like bothered by it. 
which is absolutely insanity. But he gets a big win. He wants a ranked guy. He wants to try to make some more money, AK, and he needs to fight dudes with numbers next to his name. If there's one guy who probably deserves that in this division, it's Alex Caceres because even though he's got a number next to his name, he continuously fights backwards. Give me Bruce Lee Roy versus Edson Barboza, AK. Oh. Let's just do it. 15 versus 14 in the UFC rankings. Let's do it. Never been booked? I don't think so. I looked. I didn't see it. I don't think so either. I feel like we've maybe booked on onto the next one, but not booked. I've picked this fight before, but I'm picking it again. Okay. I've probably also picked this fight before. This was scheduled way back in the uh, tw- in the dreaded 2020 and was actually canceled because uh, this man I'm picking, I believe he got COVID. Uh, Giga Chikaze. Giga Chikaze. We don't know where he Ooh. is. Yeah, we don't know what's up with this guy. I still have a number next to his name in my rankings. Uh, I don't know if he's quite in the top 10 anymore. Uh, if you're going just by UFC rankings, yes, he's he's 10th. I think if you if we're going MA fighting global rankings, obviously he's probably a, a notch or two below because of other promotions. So, um, but yeah, uh, top 10 in the UFC. Still, it's weird it, that he's still coming off that one loss, which feels which is so long ago now. He needs to get back in there. I'm sure he's been waiting forever to avenge that loss, and not to mention just get his buzz back because this division uh, featherweight moves so fast. It feels like nobody's talking about him anymore. When before uh, taking his first loss in the UFC, we were, people were like, oh, one, one one away, title shot. Now he's just completely out of the picture. Um, a win over Alex Caceres is not going to get Giga Chikadze right back in the title shot, but it's a good fight. It's one, again, it's for a guy who's been away for a while, it's one he should take, you know, just just sort of get some of that buzz back if he can beat Alex Caceres. And like I said, Caceres deserves a top, uh, top 10, top 15 opponent, and I think Giga fits the bill uh, at this time. I actually think this is probably the right answer, mm. but... Giga Chikadze is doing the whole media round thing saying that, well, the UFC wants me to fight Brian Ortega. And I've not heard Brian Ortega one time <laughs> even mention Giga Chikadze's name. And why would he? That like that's just like that's just terrible career progression. He got the brakes beat off him by Calvin Cater. Like that was a vicious beating. And now you're going to go in there and fight Brian Ortega? Like, that's just bad mismanagement of your career, in my opinion. I, I'm if, if Brian Ortega is, like, minus 400 or less, I'm probably picking him. They're, like, the value is even higher in that fight. This is the kind of fight that I would... I don't even know if I would pick Giga Chikadze to beat Alex Caceres right now. Like, I would have to look at that a little bit, and I bet Chikadze would be the favorite, which means the value to me would be on Bruce Leroy, but... You gotta walk before you run, bro. If you lose to another fight, like you're done. Like you're out of the title picture altogether. You gotta be a little bit smarter. Yeah. So we'll see how it, this all plays out. It's it's the right test for him. It's the right test for him at this yeah. point. Um like like yeah, I, like you said, he'd probably be favored. You probably have a lot of uh Caceres probably a very live dog in this situation. But yeah, that this is why this is why they should they should make this fight happen because it's intriguing. It's intriguing enough. I don't I don't think uh, as much as Giga would be favored, I don't think anyone's like, well, Caceres definitely going to get like his, the, the doors blown off him. He's on a nice run. Seven, seven uh, what, what, seven, two straight, seven of his last eight, I think. So good for you, Bruce Leroy. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. 
And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Speaking of streaks, speaking of keeping hopes alive, Jim freaking Miller, AK. (laughs) Look, the result was not surprising. I think a lot of us figured that Jim Miller was going to go ahead and finish good old Jesse Butler, who credit to him, steps in on... What, two and a half days notice for the concussed Jared Gordon? And Jim Miller, after all this time, his 42nd walk to the octagon, gets his most violent and fastest finish of his UFC career. 23 seconds, knocked poor Jesse Butler absolutely unconscious. And Jim Miller wants to get to UFC 300. The man just wants to get to UFC 300, which our own Damon Martin did the math. It would be, it looks like April of 2024 would be the time frame for UFC 300, he said, look, I'll go to welterweight. I'll even go up to welterweight to keep this this action moving. So lots of ways we can go with this, AK, outside of Jim Miller versus Armin Sarukian. Please don't ever even think about that. What are we doing with Jim freaking Miller after this win? Hold on. I got it. He got 50 Gs for this, for this finish? He did. Yeah, he did. Come on. Creative Silva, Creative Silva did not. Come on. Look, tw- 23 seconds and the way he did it, I, it's almost like impossible. He beat a, a non UFC guy in two days' notice. What are but it was 23 seconds and he knocked him we, dead. Like, we, all, a, we all this predicted a, this would happen. But did, did you predict that in 23 seconds he was going to knock a man unconscious? I didn't say 23 seconds, but you can people can check my predictions. I said I said I, I, I'm like Jim uh, Jim Miller's team. I probably had to do some last second cramming on Jesse Butler. I, I admit I was not super familiar with his work. And I was like, okay, this is a guy who fights well at, at range. He's a pretty like tall. Uh, he's a featherweight actually, but like you know, good size, sizable enough for lightweight. He likes to fight well at range. Excuse me, and, and a good grappler. But I'm like, obviously, he's not going to outgrapple Jim Miller. Um, 
And also Jim Miller is fine with taking damage to get inside. And this guy doesn't fight well when people get inside him at all. And sure enough, once Jim Miller's like realized what he's dealing with, I mean, he probably realized before he even stepped in the cage, because like you said, 23 seconds, just stepped in and walloped him. I, I, I went first round. Yeah, maybe maybe I wouldn't have said under 30 seconds. But and, and, and listen, I'm always happy to see Jim Miller get paid more money. I, I always say Jim Miller should be getting paid a million dollars for every fight. He's Jim Miller. He's fled for your company. <laughs> The fact that we, that we that he's not making like one one million dollar disclosed payday is ridiculous because he deserves it. Forty two UFC fights now. This is freaking insane. So I, I shouldn't complain about him getting the bonus. But yeah, Karini Silva could have gotten one. Um, Dante Mays for knocking out uh, Andre Olaz. I don't know. So anyway, congrats, to Jim Miller, Jesse Butler. Get back in there. I, I'm sure he gets another shot and uh, back down at one forty five. I need to see. I, listen, I just want to see Jim Miller fighting more guys with zero UFC experience, Mike. This is <laughs> what a strange run of fights he's had. Eric Gonzalez, uh, zero UFC fights. Nicholas Mota, zero UFC fights when he fought Jim. Uh, and then Donald Cerrone, second most like UFC lightweight fight. So that was weird. He went from no, not, two guys with no experience to Donald Cerrone and then Alexander Hernandez right in the middle. And now Jesse Butler, his third third opponent of his past five fights making their UFC debut. I'm all for it. He, Shockingly, he finished all these guys with no UFC experience, Mike. I don't know if you can believe that. Uh, so let, let's get... Listen, I just watched Ultimate Fighter, the first episode. Nate Jennerman. Let's give Nate Jennerman another chance. Uh, I felt so sad for a story. Let's do it for Nate and his three-legged dog. Sign Nate for a fight with Jim Miller. This is, uh, you know, again, Jim Miller, I don't want him fighting guys with any more UFC experience until uh, UFC 300. We just keep getting them in there, getting them paychecks, keep them healthy until it's time for the, uh, what, what we will be calling the Jim Miller card. Like, I hope the 50 Gs, like, actually will just keep Jim Miller on ice until oh, UFC 300. Maybe that's why, yeah, that's why they gave it to him. I mean, just, you know, send him out for an appearance or something to to make up for it. I'm sure he's not going to do this, but let's just, or if you want to do something like the end of the year, I don't know. But the fact that he said, I'll go up to welterweight and fight, got the the gears moving a little bit. And I mentioned this in the post-fight show. The correct answer is Jim Miller versus Nick Diaz at 170. Oh, what? I just, I, whoa. I did not see. I, I apologize, my best friend. I did not watch the post fight show. Whoa! I thought you were going to go with. I saw Damon mention or someone mentioned something on social media. A different welterweight fight. Matt Jim, Brown. I like Matt, that. Idea Matt Brown. Too. I like yes. Matt Brown. Great. Yeah. Nick Diaz. If Nick wow. Diaz is going to fight, he should fight nobody else but but Jim Miller, who goes up to one seventy to fight him. Here's a good trip. How many people have fought both Diaz brothers? That's a great question. I have to do a quick let's let's do a quick look at this before we, and I don't we know if anybody has. But uh I would love that cuz I and I feel like that's the kind of fight that Nick Diaz would would come out for too. Yeah, I I, I think yeah. the Diaz brothers don't respect everybody in this business. Let me tell you something. They definitely respect Jim freaking Miller. I mean, uh that'd be cool. That'd be cool. I mean, again, you know me, Mike. I'm averse to booking anything for Nick Diaz. I just don't know what his deal is if he I would never I would be surprised. I I sorry, I would not be surprised. If he never fights again, I don't think anyone would be surprised that happened. But you're right. He's never said he's retired. He just keeps talking. Every time he does interviews, he's like, yeah, I'm going to go back in there. I'm going to go back in there. Jim Miller, great option. Great option. I mean, I'm, I, I don't mind it. So we'll see. Jim's going Jim's to fight some guy who we don't even know in his next fight. And then, so that, I guess I'm just crystal balling UFC 300. But 
because I think Jim Miller should be on the ban list. Honestly, like out of, <laughs> out of all respect, of all respect, he should be in the Loopy Godinez type type of camp right now. Because <laughs> Jim Miller could literally be matched up against anybody, and we just we we don't know how it can go. So let us move on to back to the flyweight division. Tim Elliott, the man who really needed something good to happen for him, went out there and just kind of gave the vet lesson to Victor Altamirano. A nice win, classy with the post-fight speech, and knocks it out of the park, and AK, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Mohamed Mahayev. Tim Elliott, Mohamed Mahayev. Cue the music. Do it. Cue the music. Friends forever. Oh, I went too fast That's again. the fight. Yeah, That's we nailed it. Um, yeah, yeah. They've, talk- they've talked about it before. I think Mahayev has, has, I'm pretty sure, has called him up before. Um yeah, it's 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 the right way to go. Again, Mikhaev has a little bit of reputation rebuilding to do. Okay, I, I just think people have gotten a better gauge of who he is. Like I I know right out the gate we saw his unbelievable wrestling, great athleticism, incredible amateur career, hits the ground running pretty pretty well in his first two fights, and then you know, and then the, his past two challenged greatly in his most recent fight against a relatively unknown opponent. So that was troubling, I think, for some people. And also there's questions about, like, does he have that extra gear to really put away uh, next-level competition? And I'm I'm not saying he needs to finish Tim Elliott. I think Tim Elliott's pretty tough. If he did, that'd be impressive. But just if even another, like, super convincing 30-27 against a guy like Tim Elliott would go a long way. And let's not rule out, you know, Tim Elliott upsetting him. I'm sure, again... Makaev would be minus, I bet he'd be minus, at least minus 400, minus 500. Huge favor in this matchup. Um, even given the experience advantage that Elliot has, I think people will be looking at the youth of Makaev, undefeated record, still some of the hype he still carries. It's it's a logical way to go. And if you're Tim Elliott, that's that's one you should be going for, right? I think he, he'd love to be the one to, uh, to derail this train. Yeah, Royval's not fighting him. Manel Kopp's not fighting him. These guys who are a win or two away from title shots are not fighting Muhammad Mahayev. Like, if there's the risk reward is not there. Even though Muhammad like got a lot of buzz and a lot of hype, like, like you said, I don't know if it's like a reputation rebuild, but some of that hype has vanished. It's it's kind of withered away. It could come back, but people are just like, all right, we've seen you get a late finish after being in trouble against a guy you're a minus nine hundred favorite over. But yeah. I like the matchup. I think it makes all the sense in the world. He, these fights that he keeps continuously calling for on Twitter that are just not going to happen right now. Just stop doing that. Focus your energy on the Tim Elliott. And that's it. That should, that should be the fight. Tim wants to get in there ASAP. Muhammad said he wants to fight in Boston. Do it in Boston. Do it in August. I think the time frame lines up perfectly. Karina Silva, just nastiness, AK. You probably haven't seen it. The leg lock from hell. I don't even know what to call it. It was... It was Announces a knee bar, but I'm not so sure that's actually a knee bar. It was like a knee bar heel hookish hybrid of sorts, and it was just nasty, absolutely nasty. She just continues to finish people, 100% finish rate, nasty performance. Did not get a bonus. Dana says he's going to take care of her, not giving her the 50 Gs, but at least a little something, something. What do you want to see for her after this? Nice, uh, nice, nasty submission victory. Yeah, I, I loved the matchup for uh, Karina Silva. Again, she's just, man, there's just not a lot of finishers uh, as consistent as her in her weight class. Again, how how many is it now? She, she 50, uh, 50, 16 wins, 16 finishes. 
again, I did not watch it. I don't need to watch it. I'm good. You got the descriptions, <laughs> people's reactions on social media. I saw those and I'm like, cool, great. Definitely no, I will never watch this. Uh, Ketlin Souza, tough debut. Listen, she's, she's put in some good work in Invicta. She just won their flyweight title, but her skills, her skill ceiling is like pretty. I don't want to say like, I feel like we know who Ketlin Souza is going to be for the next five, six, seven years of her career, but like she just doesn't have like a super A plus skill. She's like just really, really tough, really well rounded. And like, I just didn't like, I didn't like her chances of getting out of this one without getting hurt. And sure enough, she got hurt pretty badly. So yeah, really excited about uh, Karina Silva's chances in this division with performances like that. You can get to a title shot pretty quickly. I'm not rushing her into the top 15 just yet. You know me, I'd like to just see a little more in the UFC first. So she's 2 0 so far in the UFC. I'm gonna. I'm going to throw out a name that a lot of people have been throwing on Otno recently, and I haven't yet, but I think it's. I think we can give her uh, Antonina. Let's go with Antonina Shevchenko for her her third UFC fight, and then after that, if she finishes Antonina Shevchenko, which I think she can, then we're talking probably top ten opponent. So that was my first thought. My first thought as soon as that fight was over, I'm like, let's let's do the Antonina thing. One of my favorite matchmaking things to do is go from. Point A to Antonina Shevchenko. And Antony, like if you follow Antonina Shevchenko on Instagram, she doesn't look like she's like getting ready to fight anytime soon. She's flying airplanes. She's working like for, I don't even know. I don't know what she's doing. Like, I don't know if she's like a pilot pilot. Like, I don't know if she's flying jet blue planes or, or whatnot, but she looks like she is having the time of her life flying planes right now or in being part of the aviation nation if you will it doesn't look like she's in any rush to come back to fight so after seeing all those photos and everything i was like i just don't know if i want to if i want to go that route just because i just have no idea so the ufc is going back to brazil they're going to sao paulo and we could do a little brazil versus brazil we do Karina Silva versus the Queen of Violence. Is that no Ariana Lipsky? Is Ariana Lipsky the Queen of Violence? Is that her nickname? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, that's the fight. Yes, that's the fight. Is she not rumored to have an opponent? I didn't see one. Let me double check. I don't know. Listen, this may name. This may not be an MMA fighting dot com uh, confirmed bout. Let me just uh, check. Oh, quickly. she's okay. Melissa Gatto. So let me let me let me undo do myself. Well, I don't think we. Um, for the record, I don't think we have. I don't think we have confirmed this one. She's confirmed to fight Melissa Gatto July first. Uh, either way, November. Was it, oh, it was announced. It was announced. Okay, sure. Yeah. Sure. So Karina Silva versus Melissa Gatto, Ariane Lipsky, winner loser okay. against Melissa Gatto sure. at UFC Sao Paulo November fourth. Let's do that. I went like the opposite of you. I, 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 you said you thought Antonina first, and then you went to you know the Lipsky Gatto thing. I actually thought Lipsky first, and then when I saw that she was with Gatto, went to Antonina. So we kind of were <laughs> we were kind of in the same circle, just we went we and went in a different direction. Yeah, forever friends. Yeah, that was forever friends moment. Yeah. To the welterweights, I'm already like losing steam just talking about this card. <laughs> come on, Mike, come on, come on. We got, we got, we got. We got a lot more uh, fights Elizu to go. Zaleski. Gets a victory over Abu Bakar Nabagamadov. Might be another one you could do a robbery review for, uh, mm. AK. Because people were not happy about that one either. Mostly that from the gambling community. <laughs> I 
it's fine. Like this one, I, I, I have less of an issue with than the, the main event, but yeah. I'll just make this simple. Randy Brown's fighting Wellington Terman in 20 days at UFC Jacksonville. The winner of that, Zaleski can fight. What say you? Mike, I kind of think, I kind of want to see, listen, if we're bringing the, if we're bringing the BMF back, and we've talked about it recently, we did a little uh, round table about, you know, more gimmick belts in, in the UFC. I should have done this one, but I realized it may have seemed a little insensitive on paper. But saying it out loud, I don't know, will seem less insensitive. I need the OAMF title. Like, I need the the old-ass MF title. Because <laughs> we talk about legend. We talk about the legends uh, titles a lot. This is different. This is not. This would be because legend, I think, is a certain designation. And and uh, like considering I'm about to book a fight for Elizu Zaleski, I don't think anyone would call him a legend. But he's certainly up there in age, uh, both in fight years and in actual years. He's 36, and I want to match up with another 36 year old uh argentinian veteran santiago santiago ponzinibbio i was a little okay. surprised they had never been booked they had never fought and this isn't the title fight by the way this is a qualifier this is a qualifier because really if the jim miller like nick diaz or jim miller matt brown fight happened there's your o, uh, oamf like an inaugural title fight i mean that's that's automatic um but i think these guys should be in the contender conversation and i think they should fight one another for it so i'd, li- I'd like to see zaleski and, and ponzi I wonder how Olivier Aubin Mercier would feel about the the name of that title. Oh, yeah, I might get sued. He's really on top of his, he's really on top of his branding. So if he saw the OAM, as soon as he sees those three letters, I'd be like, "Whoa, whoa!" Might be a little crazy. Might not go well for me. Well, let's go to the wild card round. AK, we'll select one fighter that we have not match made for, and we will match make for them right now. Uh, one of the fighters who got a victory on this card. Called out another fighter at 135, and that fighter has already sort of accepted it, which would be a fun-ass fight. So I don't know if you're going in that direction or if you're going in a different direction. What What is your wild card pick for UFC Vegas? Did you, did you go in this direction? Because otherwise, I have no idea who you're talking about. I did not go in this direction. Okay. Who, I said this one. I see this three, there were three 135-pound fights. Uh, so who... who what happened? This is one of them. Uh, Daniel Santos called out Adrian Yanez, and Adrian Yanez is like, let's go, July or August. So... Wow, that's a good call out. Get a diamond cup. Get a diamond cup. Like get two, maybe three. Maybe that's three. A, that's a good call out. Uh, no, I went with the heavyweights and with the heavyweights. First of all, shockingly, I, I, I almost considered getting back into gambling with this card because I was so sure that Mays and Arlowski was going to go to a decision. I was like, this is my lock. Like, there's just no way. And if Mays was going to finish Arlovsky, I would have thought, oh, somewhere in the first round. So once it gets, once I saw it go, I heard it uh, went past the first round. I'm like, man, I wish I, I wish I'd put money on this because there's no way. But Dante Mays, look, uh, found a way, puts puts down the veteran again. Which is, even though Arlovsky is like the career UFC leader in getting knocked out, it's it's yeah, listen, it's been a while since he's flat out got KO'd. Uh, four years, four, uh, three and a half years, three and a half years, Jarzinho. Uh, anyway, so a little disappointing. Sad, sad for Arlovsky. UFC appearance number 40. One of only two people, him and Jim Miller. UFC appearance number 40 did not go uh, the way of the former UFC heavyweight champion. So Dante Mays, you get yourself uh, an Otno booking. And I I have to make this because I felt bad because I sort of made fun of this potential booking before the card happened. And I don't want to... It was very disrespectful to, to both these guys. So give me a uh, apex headlining heavyweight bout between Dante Mays and Parker Porter. Whoa! You got to give the people what they want. 
And I was I was wrong to use this as an example. I was trying to say like, oh, these are like these are throwaway heavyweight fights. I was like Maze Parker Porter, for example. And I, as soon as I said it, I'm like, that's not a throwaway heavyweight fight. That's a UFC Vegas main event. That's Don't an tell interim title fight. That's that, exactly that's, I. That's MSG. That's MSG. That should probably be on pay per view. You're right. That should probably be on pay per view. I'm going. A, I'm going a different direction now. Normally, I would pick a winner of a fight, but I feel that this man performed so admirably that I have to go with him. I'm going with Daniel Pineda. I'm, it, I'm, I'm not even going to explain myself. If you watched that fight last night and you are going to watch UFC 289 next week, Daniel Pineda, my initial thought was a triple threat match. Just throw Daniel Pineda into the fight next week with Nate Landwehr and Danny Gay and just do a triple threat match because I just signed me the hell up for that. Uh, Daniel Pineda versus the loser of Nate Landwehr versus Danny Gay is just incredible. Or the winner, I don't care. But Daniel Pineda should be fighting one of these guys next. Preferably Nate Landwehr, because I, th- I kind of think Danny Gay's going to win that fight. So this works out great. But Daniel Pineda versus Nate Landwehr might be the in- most insane fight in UFC history. That, to me, is a Landwehr win-loser draw thing. Uh, and Danny Gay, Danny Gay's not like a boring fighter either. But yeah, that's He's great. I, I, would, I would love to see Landwehr and Pineda yeah, win-loser draw. So I'm with you on that. Um, but yeah, I'm all the way with uh, the Landwehr side of it. Danny can go if he wins, can go move on and fight someone else in the top ten. Nate Landwehr, even if he wins, yeah, I want that Pineda fight. Let's go to the peeps, AK. Unless there's any anybody sending in for Otno points or any. Listen, yeah, I got a lot of it. I don't know. Well, we just I don't know if you saw wow. someone just literally just for the show. Someone tagged us on Twitter, so I'll say. I, I, I can't verify these, so these are by the way, these are all tentative points, okay? Because I, I don't have my notes on this device I'm using. Of Dog uh, my... the Value Hunter, yes. Uh, shout out to Dog the Value Hunter. I mean, it's right there to see. I just there you look go. miserable. Screenshot in this, in this screenshot. But... <laughs> I know. Yeah, and you uh, look unimpressed, Josh. To, to, and, to put it lightly, and blurry. Uh, but there you go. You know what though? At least I'm going to retweet this right now. People can find it, so people can find it on my feed. Um, <laughs> But uh, yes, also you can see the jersey in this screenshot that I'm also wearing today. So uh, yes, Dog the Value Hunter on YouTube, apparently Josh Hogan on uh, Twitter says he wants a point for uh, Marc-Andre Barrio versus Eric Anders. Uh, sure, take the point, I guess. I feel like that might have been picked by someone else, but you know what? No one else nudged me. So there you go, sir. That's your point. Uh, someone else, gosh, who was... Um... Someone sent me a, a video of them. Oh, I, I guess it was also from the YouTube show, so they wanted to make sure they got their point. Uh, Alex, was it Alex McAdam? He wants a point for Romanov versus uh, Ivanov. That's happening, right? Mm, yes. Yes. I think so. Alex July, McAdam. Yeah. July something, maybe? I don't know. Alex McAdam, you know what? Sure, take your point. And I actually have to bring up, Mike. Um, so last time on the show, you remember, I, I clumsily like bumbled my way through trying to figure out whether whether we should tell people to stop making picks for you know women fighters who have recently either either recently announced their pregnancy or in the middle of their pregnancy, and we don't know when they're going to come back. And I, I had some very uh, some people who are obviously much more intelligent than me uh, give me their thoughts on this. I want to find both of them. I can only find one. Was one of the other one on Twitter? Let me see. I know. Denise, I want to shout out Denise Knowles, who commented on this. And Manny, I think Manny Alejandro also. Uh, so I'll read Denise Knowles first, because this is a little bit more of a comprehensive comment. 
So Denise says, hello, this message is in response to your Atna question about coming back to fight six months after giving birth. Because, yeah, I think I was saying someone has just like people had thrown out Tisha Torres as a potential opponent for someone. And I said, like, oh, you know, Tisha's expecting I know her and her and Raquel are expecting this summer. So I think June and then maybe she could fight by Christmas. And then as I said it, I'm like, wait, is that dumb? So Denise says, um, your assessment is based on a woman having no complications during birth or not desiring, you know, focused time after birth to bond, affection, breastfeeding, etc. with the baby. Some women have complications after birth, e.g. cesarean sections, other complications, and that takes time to heal. Also, some women do not want to divide their time between work and baby time those first few months. I highly doubt a six-month comeback happens. But like you said, Tisha is uh, super aggressive in terms of her fitness routine. Uh, so without complications slash other barriers, I would not be surprised if she makes that happen. So so doubtful, but um, possible. Again, barring some complications. And then Mally, Maddie Alejandro reminded me that the very card, on the very card we were discussing, Mackenzie Dern did that with Amanda Hibas. Do you remember that, Mike? Yes. Yeah, four months. Four months after she delivered. She got back. Uh, she got back into the cage. She did lose to Amanda Hibas. I believe she said after, like, I may have no regrets. You know, I don't think, I don't blame coming back so quickly on, you know, not winning this fight. So uh, it clearly is possible. Is it wise? Uh, again, we really don't have enough data clearly to um, to decide uh, to make to make that decision. But yeah, thank you everyone who, who commented on that, who reminded me, because again, I don't know what I'm talking about uh, in, in regards to that kind of thing. So uh, yeah, if there's any other points, I'll mention them quickly, but I haven't had a chance to really look through... Uh, Look through these messages thoroughly, Mike. But uh, yeah, I think we can move on. I think we can move on. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you want to give the the disclosure, or should I just go yeah, into it? Yeah, I'll I'll just give the quick disclaimer, and uh, that's uh, uh, people. If you can, if you can somehow, you know, be the only person to just a matchup, very rare these days. You'll have not no point coming your way. Watch out for mistakes, wrong weight class, people who have fought already, significant injuries, people who've been released, fight people who are already booked. That's the easiest one to check. MMAfighting.com. Uh, people who are well known and frequent close teammates. Please don't match those people up. And uh, your pictures might be doo-doo. And we don't want to read it. Let's get into it. Drew, think we're going to need a robbery review from AK for this one. One of the judges gave round four to Albazi, which is crazy to me. Albazi versus Cop. He needs one more to solidify a title shot. Car France versus Mateus Nicolau. Caceres versus Nate the Train. Win or lose against Ige. Jim Miller versus RDA. Win or lose against Luke A. Crazy they've never crossed paths. Tim Elliott Mahayev. Need to see a step up in comp. Tim is the obvious man to do it. Dos Santos versus Gabriel Bonfim after he dusts Giles. And the wild card, Daniel Santos versus the Cameron Simon Rodriguez winner. Harry, Elise Reed versus Jessica Penne. Dante Mays versus Mohamed Usman. Dos Santos versus Jeremiah Wells. Karina Silva versus Courtney Casey. Is Courtney Casey still in the UFC? I think so. Uh, as far as I know, yeah, I don't think she's been released. Okay. Okay. Jim Miller versus Chase Hooper. Keep him fresh for UFC 300. What do you think about that idea? It doesn't really go with my, like, Chase yeah, Hooper has too, a lot of UFC. He's too, a lot of too veteran experience. savvy. Too veteran yeah, yeah, savvy. at this point, Chase Hooper. Yeah. <laughs> 
Caceres versus Barboza seems like the biggest no-brainer of all time. Kaikar Friends versus Tim Elliott to build him back up. Or Kaikar Friends versus Mahayev to give him a big fight. KKF versus Mahayev. What do you think of that idea, AK? I love it. If I'm Mahayev, I don't know if that's where I want to go next. KKF's take to defense is really good. But yeah. but if you're Mikhaev and his team, maybe you're saying like, well, we want to show that we're more one either that we're more than just a grappler, or that we're so good at grappling we can dominate a guy who like very few people have been able to dominate with grappling. So I mean, yeah, Mikhaev should go for it. I think if you're, I don't know, it it just doesn't feel like quite the right time for it. I was going to say Mikhaev should go for it, but I think the Tim Elliott fight just makes so much more sense. And if you're KKF, you don't have a ton to gain from fighting Mikhaev. John Ray, Jim Effing Miller versus Lando Venata, Silva versus JJ Aldrich, uh, Zaleski Dos Santos versus the Kevin Lee Fakratinov winner, Mays versus Barnett, Castaneda versus Gravely, Naimov, who deserves a lot of credit for that knockout of Jamie Malarkey versus oh, yeah. Claudio Poyas. And I actually like this might this might be the best pick of all. Felipe Linz versus Iwan Kuchalaba because let's be honest, AK, we are never, ever, ever going to mention Felipe Felipe Linz versus Marcin Grissom ever again. Ever That's ever a former PFL night. champion. I stop this disrespect to Felipe. This man won no, a million. Not, this man won a million dollars. <laughs> he won a million dollars four years ago, and now is a a, a third tier UFC light heavyweight. <laughs> Just yeah, throw him in there with Ewan. Just we need exciting Felipe Lins. Mark Shane Grisham just wasn't the dude to get it out of him. So Toby Albazi Royval, KKF Manal Cop, Caceres Barboza, uh Jim Miller versus Marco Madsen. Someone called in a heck of a board saying Marco Madsen might not be fighting anytime soon. He's not even in the States anymore. Uh there's some maybe some health complications within his family, but we'll we'll we'll, we'll I don't know. I could see that something like that being put together. Cassadeta versus Victor Henry I like a lot. Karina Silva versus Marina Morose, which is something I thought about as well. Same, yeah. Again, on the check radar, the old yeah. IG. Looks like Marina Morose had some sort of procedure or operation mm. or something not that but a month ago. Might not be serious or severe, so we'll keep an eye on that. Gerard, Abazi versus Davis at Figueredo, even at 135. There's a revenge angle as well. That's true. Jim Miller versus John Albazi. Wait, Albazi versus Davison Figueredo. Oh, Albazi beat uh, Francis. Albazi beat Francisco. Yeah. Oh, uh, yes, yes, yes. That's right. Okay. Oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually not, not bad. bad. Yeah. Jim Miller, John McDessie for the UFC's 30th anniversary card. Tim Elliott versus Matt Schnell. I guess it's like. I like this, that. This is this is pointed out because their first fight was on top. It's like Tim Elliott versus Matt Schnell, one and a half. Okay. So I like it. Yeah. Uh, Liza Dos Santos, San Diego Ponzinibbio. There you go. Yes, Daniel Santos, Haniyaya. Naimov versus Vince Pichel. Pichel was supposed to fight recently on this um, card. No, I think or... on the Dern, the Dern Hill card. I think. Yes, and now the Dern he's freed up. You see on ABC recently. Why can't I find this? Not two eighty eight. Or is it on the Jacksonville card? I have to look this up. Oh, like a fight. Oh, a card that hasn't happened yet. Card that hasn't happened yet. Vince Michel, Benoit Santini, he maybe he was supposed to fight? Yes, correct. July 1st. July okay. 1st. Okay. Tino, Muhammad Naimov versus Mike Davis. Holy smokes. Would that be fun? Daniel Santos, Victor Henry, Zaleski versus Randy Brown. I'm not going to call it doo doo. 
because I kind of do dude myself <laughs> with the Ariane Lipsky picks. So. Brandon Brown's booked. Randy Brown is fighting at UFC Jacksonville. Wellington. Oh, you just mentioned it. I'm sorry. You just mentioned it. Wellington Tournament. Yeah, you mentioned it. Jim Miller versus Jared Gordon at Madison Square Garden. Alex Caceres versus Giga Chikadze. How about Karini Silva versus Andrea Lee, AK? Oh. I have Andrea Lee just on the cusp of the UFC's top 15 still. Hmm. Yeah, I could say, well... It depends. It depends what people's uh, thoughts are. You know, someone two fight wins, two fight UFC win streak, two fight UFC losing streak. But Andrew Lee is is certainly a much more well known name. So yeah, it makes sense. And a lot of people thought she beat Macy Barber, myself included, mm-hmm. in her most recent fight. Jaron Kawada, Silva versus Silva, AK Karina no, versus no. Natalia. No, no, he even, no. He even said definitely too early won't happen, yeah, but would no. be sick someday. Naimov versus the Ashmus, uh, Christian Leroy Duncan winner. How about Jim Miller versus Michael Johnson, AK? Uh, has to, again, I've no, it's, this is, you know what? This is his, yes, I like his bookings either against people with zero UFC experience or people with way too much UFC experience. There you go. That's no, no in between. Uh, that's why the Alexander Hernandez matchup, didn't love it. Didn't love it. Right in between. Not, 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 a, you know, it's not, not the, that's not a fun, that's not a fun thing. It's either old ass MFers like himself or, or no experience MFers. That's what I want to see. We close with Robbie Ryan. Good day, gents. Firstly, I'm refusing to acknowledge the incompetent scoring of these moron judges in the main event. <laughs> okay. So with that said, Car France versus Raw Dog for the next title shot. Albazi can fight Nicolau or somebody else. Rebook Jim Miller versus Jared Gordon. Tim Elliott versus Manel Cop. Scrap the Figgy fight. They've already scrapped the Figgy fight, buddy. I think Figgy was too much of a step up for Cop anyways. If you can get through Elliott, then he earns a top five guy. If Elliott beats Cop, it puts him in the top five region. They thought Cop deserved by matching him up with Figgy. Tim, Tim Elliott versus Manel Cop. I'd watch that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Okay, you're up, AK. All right, not too many this week, obviously. Uh, I'll go start. Let's start with Instagram, Matt Bradbury. Some you already mentioned. I'll just read out his. He has some thoughts on Albazi versus Nicolau. This is a step down for Albazi. I feel like Amir hasn't hasn't. Uh, while I feel like it's a step down. Uh, Amir hasn't done enough to warrant a title shot next, considering his lone big win is Kai, whereas Roy Val has been um, uh, bleep bleeping his last three opponents. Uh, I'll, you, Mike, you can fill in the blank yourself. Uh, I was <laughs> a phrase I refuse to use. His last, he has been bleep bleeping his last three opponents, all top ten guys, I believe. If Albazi can beat Nicolau in similar fashion to Roy Val, he can rival his claim for a title shot. And potentially set himself up for a shot. That's interesting logic. Like beat this beat beat this guy who was just beaten by your like theoretic, I guess, your top competition right now for a title shot. I feel like UFC has done stuff like that in the past. I don't know if it's my favorite. Also, poor Nicolau. Like we're essentially saying, who who can beat Nicolau worse to earn a title? Well, you know, what if Nicolau wins? You don't know. Uh, our pal Nicklinville again currently studying medicine. He's he called on the spot playing some uh, Dr. Joe Rogan, you know, instant analysis on the Ketlin Souza injury. He says MCL tear. He's MCL. A lot of people saw a lot of people saying ACL. He is calling MCL. So listen, again, this is just from someone with a little more medical knowledge than you or I. Going to the emails, we've got Tristan Gordet, uh Karina Silva, MDLR, Matan De La Rosa. He likes Elliot Mokayev as well. Elizabeth Zuzaleski, Matt Brown, again, o- uh, OAMF belt, I'm all for it. 
And of course, we're on the same page with Dante Mace and Parker Porter. And quickly to the Twitter, Thomas Collins, Albazi versus Pantoja Moreno, loser. Hmm. He needs another win to get the title shot. This would be a good fight. Rebook Miller and Gordon. Uh, German, German, Albazi versus also, again, Moreno Pantoja, Pantoja loser because Roy Valk gets the title shot. So. Mike seems pretty pretty uh, firm that Abazi did not do enough to to walk into a teleshot. But I know you've presented a scenario where it's uh it's entirely possible that that happens. Yeah. And Dana White also feels the way most other people do. Yeah. He did the long-winded thing, he, which he even admitted and was like long-winded answer no, he didn't do enough in my yeah. eyes to 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 deserve a title shot. And now that he said that, now we know that he's going to get a title shot. Uh yeah. Brett shout out to Brett Mobley who says no picks for me, but I did get my tickets for my first ever UFC event, UFC 291. Uh any advice, tips, etc. It'll likely be the only UFC event I go to in my life, and so I want to maximize uh my experience go Rams. I think he means the CSU Rams. So I think this is a uh, Brett Mobley. Um any advice do we have for your first I would say if there's any I don't know how much again, I, I myself obviously have not been to a, an event in a while. Mike, do you know if there's still like how much fan fest stuff do they still do for the average UFC event? Do they do that stuff during the week? Um not particularly. Maybe they'll do it in Utah because they're paying them a bunch of money to go there, so they might have some extra things planned, but I would say if this is the the only UFC card that you're ever going to go to one, you pick the damn good one to go to because you're getting Justin Gaethje versus Dustin Poirier two and the rest of that really insane card. Just go to everything, go to the, go to the press conference, even though it's going to be terrible because all those press conferences are just the worst, but still go, go to the ceremonial weigh-ins, go to the Q and A's, get the full experience, get there early, Find a restaurant that's near the arena with your buddies. Grab a couple couple of beers. Don't go crazy. Don't go in there smash drunk. Don't be an asshole because then you'll get kicked out. Just uh, just go in there and, and, and have a good time and enjoy it. And just don't be an asshole. And don't let anybody be an asshole to you because sometimes you run into those. Most people are great. Some people just get absolutely hammered drunk and they see people fist fighting and they think all of a sudden that they're the best fighters in the world, even though they've never been in a fight in their lives. So just be wary of those people. But yeah, just take it all in, go to everything, enjoy it. And then that's, that's really it. And yeah. I don't know if you can find a much better card to go to for your only one than UFC 291. So good choice. Good selection. And and, and 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 go go there for the first prelim, Brett. Go over there. Go yeah, for there yeah, yeah. for the first prelim. Uh, it, it can listen. It, we know UFC events can be a bit of even pay per views can be a bit of a tough hang now. Like I, I'm sitting in an arena seat. I mean, you can get up and walk around, obviously, but yeah, planting yourself in an arena seat for the first fight and having to sit there for maybe like six hours. God, it still sounds so crazy to say it. I'm kind of glad I haven't been to an event live in a long time. Like, that's just absurd. Uh, it might sound like a, a drag, but again, you know, you said it's your first event. Yeah, you want to you do it for the, for the, I'm looking at the undercard right now. The Gabriel Bonfims, the, the Vinicius Salvadors, the, the CJ Vergara's, the Matthew Semmelsbergers, you know, you know, you got to do it for the, you got to do it for the, uh, the prelim fighters. So hopefully, as Mike said, you're not, not having too many swirly pops before the show and you guys can, uh, can get there early and enjoy, enjoy some of that. Yeah. 
Hayes Bethard. Uh, first off, congrats. Oh, I shouldn't even mention this. Making an appearance in the Connor documentary. <laughs> I'm in there for literally half a second. And uh, mostly your big win on BTL. That I am very proud of. Start of a title run for you, I'm sure. Uh, we'll see. I, I, I think I'll, hopefully I'll be back on soon. Uh, my, that's that's for my best friend to decide, I guess. Uh, but I'll, I'll gladly be back on. Uh, Albazi, one more win for a title shot. Sure. Miller, there's you go. another Miller MacDessy suggestion. Again, two guys who've been around for. I, I, MacDessy is. We just never talk about him, probably because he doesn't fight frequently enough. But boy, this guy has been with the UFC for, I think, a decade now. I'm pretty sure he's been there since like 2013, uh, which sounds absurd. Elazu Zaleski, Gunnar Nelson, Daniel Santos, Farid Basharat. I like all these. John Castaneda and uh, Alessang Haile. This, this is all good stuff. Elise Reed, Piera Rodriguez. Uh, and just match up Blackshear and oh Johnny Munoz. Uh, I get I was Blackshear maybe. Yeah, okay. Philippe Linz, Nikolai Negumarian. I'm sure. Four corner sports. Uh, there you go, Mike. Alex Caceres, loser of Dan Ige and Nate. oh you want a Pineda, but how about Caceres? Caceres get the Ige Landry loser. I see that as as being possible as well. Sure. Daniel Santos, Haniyaya, Dante Mays, Parker, bleeping Porter, Philippe Linz. Philippe Lins, Tyson Pedro. Hey, listen, if you want someone to get an exciting fight out of Philippe Lins, it'll be Tyson Pedro. And it'll end real quick. And let's end with uh, D. Just D. What's their tag on? Oh, yeah, right. Mr. Guy. At Mr. Guy MMA, who just says, uh, I-, I wish he told, I wish I'd read this one at the beginning of the show, Mike. Uh, Take the week off. Nobody cares who these winners fight. So a little <laughs> bit, you know, let's come on now. A little disrespectful, I feel. Um <laughs> That's a, that's a bit mine. It's not. It wasn't the most stacked card ever. But uh, anyway, Mike. Uh, so people, I get, I mentioned we'll be a bit busier next week. Uh, so I, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm gonna withhold on giving you guys the usual where to send us messages because next week will be a live show. So uh, let's not send us DMs this week. If you, uh, next week, if you can avoid it. No. TBD. TBD. We are on whether or not it's a live show. We are gonna do a show. I don't know if it's gonna be a live show. Oh, okay. Okay, okay, okay. Well, there will be a show. So let. So I will tell people. You know, send them just in case, guys. We do, if we're doing yeah. a live show, we don't always get a chance to read on air. But I, I keep a catalog of these things, or I try to on the side. At Alexander K Lee on Twitter. At Alexander K K Lee on Instagram. And Alex Lee at espionation.com is my email. M underscore Heck Jr on the IG. The only reason we might not do it live is because like. For the first time since we started doing the watch parties, I have like normal flights because normally like the flight there is like at 545 in the morning and the flight home is at like 930 at night. This time it worked out where like my flight there is like at 11 a.m. and then my flight home's at like 130 in the afternoon. So it's very strange. So it has kind of messed up the timing a little bit. So we'll see if we do a live one. It's going to be at like 10 a.m. and it's going to be like 45 minutes because I'll have to get to the airport right after. So. We'll figure it out. If we can go live, we'll absolutely do it because it is UFC 289. And first of all, let me just say this. 11 fights is just wonderful. That is a wonderful number. 11 fights is great. Love that. Agree. Doesn't really change much because the main card is going to start at 10 p.m. Eastern anyways, but still. (laughs) 11 fights is the sweet spot. That is a great number. If 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 UFC Vegas 74 was 11 fights, it would be much more enjoyable. Losing two fights would have made such a difference. We have Amanda Nunes versus Irene Aldana, Love and that. I've been saying it for multiple weeks. I got vibes. I got serious vibes about this fight. I feel like we're going to have some shit to talk about, AK. I feel like we're going to have some things to talk about when this one's over and done with. 
I, I, I agree. I agree. I agree. I, uh, it's almost, it's almost, I, and I'm seeing a little bit of buzz in the, I almost feel like among the media side of it, like Aldana's getting some, like is almost favored. I, I, I have to wait to see the final picks probably by the end of this week. I'll take a little cursory glance at everyone's, every sort of major sites picks. I think we're going to see a lot of Aldana. I feel, I feel pretty good about it. Hmm. I feel pretty good about it. We got hmm. the big one between Charles Oliveira and Benil Dariush. Oh, so good. Great fight. Mike Malott versus Adam Fugit. Mm-hmm. Main card fight. Didn't expect on a pay-per-view this year, but okay. Dan Ige versus Nate Landwehr. Yes. Tremendous. People's main event. People's main event. Eric Anders, Mark andre Barrio. Also main card fight. You know what's not a main card fight, AK? Mm-hmm. Chris Curtis versus Nasruddin Imovov is not a main card it's fight. It's the featured ESPN headliner, Mike. I know, and normally I don't <laughs> care about this, but come on now. This one Wasn't this a fight night main event once upon a time? Oh no, no, it was. Uh, it was. What was it? Uh, Emovov didn't he have a fight night main event that was that got? Oh, got gotcha. you. No, he did. That's right. He headlined against Sean Strickland. That's right. That's right. It was supposed yes. to be someone else. Right. It was supposed to be Gaslam. And, okay. But yeah, he goes from fight. He goes from fight night main event to featured prelim. Jasmine Jazdavizius taking on Miranda Maverick. Alliterative a lot battle. Of representation Love it. Yeah. MM versus uh, JJ. Love it. Eamon Zahabi versus Arichi Lang. Blake Bilder versus Kyle Nelson. David Dvorak now fighting Steve Erseg. And Diana Belbita versus Maria Oliveira. That is your 11 fight UFC 289 card. Love that number. That's a great number. This is not a loaded pay-per-view card. I'm going to be the first one in the media to say it. I don't think anyone's had this take before. This is, <laughs> this is not a lot. I, 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 I should tell people now, I, I will not be there. I apologize to my, my Canadian fans who are like, will you be in Vancouver? Uh, it just doesn't, logistically, it doesn't make sense for me to kind of fly out. If you guys want to know more, you guys can ask me. Uh, it's nothing, it's nothing, I'm making it sound so seedy. It's just, no, um, I'm very much a... Uh, it, it, for a card like this, I'm kind of more valuable to uh, MAFighting.com doing my usual deal and sort of, you know, uh, working on the card from home. Um, Jose Young's will be there. Jose Young's, as usual, our band t- typically on site. I just won't be joining him. So apologies to any to my Canadian fans for hoping to see me at a Canadian event. Obviously, if they come to Toronto. You know I'll be there. Um, and maybe if there was a slightly more impressive card in Vancouver, I would have gone as well. But um, yes, I will not be at this show. So. Has to be said, Mike. Has to be said. Yeah, this is. Uh, is this is this card is this is this main card better than UFC two eighty eight? Uh, you know, I have the memory of a goldfish. Uh, UFC two eighty eight is this main card just the main card? Just the main card. I mean, you could probably make a no. case for the whole card. No, really? I don't know, man. I think it's very close. You think this main card is better? Uh, it does have Nate Landwehr on it. Huge, huge. Nate Landwehr and Danny Gay is better than any fight on the UFC 288 main card. I think. Oh, I mean, listen. I as much as I crapped over it, I was intrigued by Sahudo Sterling uh, when it. You know, once I yeah, accepted, it was yeah. an intriguing fight, but yeah, like. Yeah. Do you have you seen anyone have the excitement levels just as a pure fan of violence than Danny Gennett Landwehr? Charles Oliveira, I'll say Charles Oliveira Dariush is a much uh, better unnecessary number one contenders fight than Bilal Muhammad Gilbert Burns. Oh yeah, 
it is it is literally twenty five thousand times better, and it actually still, makes sense to be on it, the card that yeah, it's on. I still feel bad for Benil that he has to even take this fight, but it is a great fight. I'm not gonna, as a fan, I'm not gonna complain. That's an awesome fight. Uh, I would say it needs five. Ra- I would love to see it get five rounds, but it's probably not gonna go the distance anyway. So no worries there. Um, it's close. Yeah, and I don't. It's two eighty eight, but it's close. It's it's tough because I don't want to disrespect my fellow Canadians, Mike Malott and uh, Mark Andre Bagil, but. Um, those are not super compelling main card fights. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. They're not super compelling <clears throat> main card fights. Cron uh, Gracie was at least a curiosity, you know. Like, not that we thought like, oh, Gracie Jordan is gonna be like a fight of the year, but we're like, it was. There was a lot of buzz around that fight. A lot of people talking about it. Yeah. Uh, and then a lot of negative buzz after, unfortunately. But. <laughs> and then we didn't see. Listen, we didn't see the the, the Diego Lopez that showed up at UFC 288 yeah. showing up at UFC 288. But yep, we're yep. talking about on paper here. But we'll see how it all plays out. I. Yeah. I we're we're about to have I don't know if you saw this AK. I don't know if you heard this. Uh and then we're gonna get out of here. Brendan Fitzgerald said into a live microphone yesterday that starting on Saturday's UFC Vegas seventy four card, there's going to be a UFC event every week for four months. Four months. Four months straight of UFC events. That's a long time. That's sixteen weeks. That's 16 straight weeks. I thought we were going to get Labor Day weekend off, but if Brennan Fitzgerald says it, I believe him. <laughs> he said four. There's going to be a UFC, a UFC card on a Saturday, every Saturday for the next four months, starting with UFC Vegas 74. What's Labor Day weekend? I live in Canada. September. It's like the first week of September. Oh, like okay. So you, September. so so we originally thought it would be go, just go all the way to two ninety two, and then we get a break. We thought it was two ninety two and probably a break, right? We'd go two ninety two. So that's August nineteenth. August nineteenth. Yeah, we would go. Yeah, we'd do the week after that, and then the week, and then we'd be off that week, and then back at it again. But it looks For like we're not getting that week off. Interesting. Interesting. So we'll have that. We'll have that one. Then go to two ninety three. And the ultimate and the ultimate fighter every week and road to UFC still go, is going and on. And contender series will be back. Man, oh my God. a lot of UFC content. A lot of UFC content, which means a lot of matchmaking content, which yes. you can find right here on on to the next one. The podcast. We'll see you next week following UFC 289. Everybody, don't take this stuff too seriously. MMA is supposed to be fun. We'll see you later on. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.